everyone, and welcome to Early Childhood Chatter with Dr. Shipley and Dr. Hild. We will upload a new episode every other week on Wednesdays. Twice a month, we come to you with a 10-minute professional development that you can quickly listen to for new ideas to try. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for future notifications. Today, we have with us Jessica Horn, and Jessica is a Doctor of Education student in the teacher in Teaching and Learning Program. Her topic is the pandemic and education. Her lifelong work has been in the field of early childhood education, and she often has the pleasure of inspiring future teachers as well as running a preschool. Professionally, she has spent 25 plus years as an educator. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Jessica. I'm so glad that you're here because this is such a relevant topic. And even today, as we speak, this pandemic is just infuriating all of us, right? <laughs> Very much so. Very yes. much so. So we know that COVID has changed the face of education in a huge way. Why is this a passion of yours right now? And what do you want to share with our, with our listeners? So we learned early on that there's definitely a compelling need to explore how we can continue learning in times of crisis. So right now we look at COVID as our primary trigger, but for a long, long time, there's always been big triggers in society. I mean, some examples, we have Hurricane Katrina. It's not uncommon that we'll have huge tornadoes that go through parts of the United States. We've had earthquakes, and a lot of the times these big disasters will shut down our ability to resume our normal functions. So that's why I figured if we look deeper at how we can continue education in these times of crisis, we could find some answers on ways that we could get up ahead of the curve and keep education moving when these types of things happen. That's so important because like you said, we can kind of, we can kind of, you know, trip ourselves up stumbling on the fact that it is here and we're not finding ways to get around it or over it. And it's really important that we do that for our morale, for teacher morale. So obviously teacher morale has truly been effective um, in these times of just uncertainty. And when trauma sounds teacher, when trauma surrounds our teachers, we really want to make sure that we are supporting them. So do you have any ideas on how we might offer that? So I do. And I actually, it's, Sadly, today, as we know, the, the cases with COVID have continued to excel. And I had a colleague call me this morning and tell me that in her district, they had 186 cases. And as a result, mm -hmm. they had to shut down mm -hmm. just today. And this is a smaller district with only seven elementary schools. And she was really discouraged because her support system didn't tell her what their plan should be. So that's the first thing that we need to look at. What do teachers need to do in advance before these things happen, like major shutdowns in the district, in your pod, in your classroom, in your building? How do we help them so when these things happen, they feel prepared and they don't feel, number one, afraid, they don't feel like they're doing crisis teaching, and they feel that they can best serve their families and their students. And that's, that's basically what I wanted to touch on today, how to continue with teaching and learning when we potentially can't be in person? And how do we support staff to get to that? I think that is really great to look at. So um, I was going to ask about families, but let's, let's talk about, because we do have administrators listening to this. How do staff and faculty and teachers and 
How can we support them? What do we need to get them ready for? So essentially, some of the things that I talked with this colleague today, so her district has been very, very proactive, and I've heard that a lot of Head Starts, um, state preschools are as well, in terms of providing families hotspots, other types of technology that they would need to stay active, because a lot of these families, they potentially can't afford the internet. And that was one of our big triggers during the time of COVID when everything shut down. How can I access these families if they do not have the internet? So the first thing that I always tell people that we wanna do, especially like a classroom teacher, so you can send out a survey to your families early on. Do you have technology? Is it a phone? What type of phone do you have? Do you have an iPad? Do you have an extra computer? What happens if you're not working? Are you using that computer? Or potentially there were families where they had three, four children that were expected to share one device and four different classrooms going at the same time. So we know now things like that don't work, but by sending surveys and knowing the types of families that you're serving, then you can better meet their needs. Jessica, you bring up such a great point. We do need to create that community classroom with our families um, have you had any feedback from families yet of how it feels or teachers yet of how it feels to be in this position with support? Um, with support, it's a, it's a game changer mm -hmm. and it allows them to reach out to their families. Just today I heard, yes, my students have computers, but here's my challenge. As the school year has gone on since we've started in August, some of my mm -hmm. students have now lost their charger. So yes, they have a device, but now they're missing part of the device to connect them when they most need it right now. So it's little things like that. We just need to stay abreast and have communication channels open for the family. So if things like this happen, we have a backup plan ready to go. So that way we can still continue to assist them. So Jessica, with all of your research and everything that you've done and talked to teachers and been out in the field, how has the face of teaching changed period. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to stay positive, but at the same time, I, I have to share collectively. So many people have chosen to retire. We have this huge shortage of subs everywhere in every single classroom and district. I have yet to hear one school district that said, yeah, we're doing wonderful. We have, you know, a plethora of subs, there's no challenges. So right now I think it's just teachers need to focus on what they can bring to the table. And right now, you know, not only having a positive attitude, but also practicing self-wellness. And a lot of people think, well, what does that matter? In times like this, we're really facing high levels of burnout because we don't have subs to come and cover for us. So when you tell your teachers, I'm gonna respect that you need this day off, but at the same time, you know, it's like you have to make sure that you can take care of yourself and maybe not take on so many things that before we could take on, if that makes sense. And 100%. just say, no, no, I can't right now because I don't have a sub and I don't want to work an after school program every day because I do have other commitments. So that's an important thing. And even in different states, colleges are actually closing down education programs because they can't get people to enroll. And, and it's just, it's so sad. So what do we need to do now? What are you finding? So I must say the first thing is the research has 
it's explode. I don't want to even say, use the word expand. It has exploded. I started my program about 14 months ago. When I first typed in the pandemic and education, I found less than five articles. And I thought, oh my gosh, this topic may not be viable because we were right in the middle of the pandemic, but nobody had begun to research it. So now I can share that the research, um, is so plentiful, like on most given days from week to week, we'll have an addition of 10,000 more scholarly journals. Like it, the reading is so plentiful, I, I can't even begin to, to keep up. But I know that there are many researchers and we're all taking a little bit different look at this. So some people are researching, you know, how the pandemic has affected college students. Uh, personally, I'm looking at how the pandemic is affecting uh, the instructors behind the scene who are trying to keep education moving forward. That's so important because, uh, you know, our littlest are going to benefit and we just need to make sure that we're, all, we're ourselves, we're in a positive mindset. And just like you said, an optimistic mindset. Reality is we do have challenges and we do have adversities, but just like you said, we need to continue to move forward. So do you have some takeaways for our readers? So I think the most important thing we can do right now as educators, aspiring educators, is really to build a classroom community. Early on, get to know your families, get to know who they are. Um, be cautious of your own beliefs, because right now, especially we're at a time where we want better things for our families and children, but they may not be able to provide that, especially during a pandemic when unemployment is big. We've had huge shortages on food. So I want to tell our educators too, to keep in mind like our basic needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If a child isn't getting fed, they're going to have a hard time concentrating at school. You're so right. And we have to go back to that and keep thinking about it. Um, what is one challenge that you want to leave the listeners with? For the most part, I just would love if educators could be mindful of ways to continue to access families. Some people don't have access to the technology, and I want to urge those people to go ahead and be mindful of providing a way that students and families can continue to be engaged, even if that's with paper, with making ditto copies. And today, my colleague, I, I recommended, you know, to just have an extra sample lesson plan ready to go that can work for online or it could work um, for in-person instruction. That way you're not feeling stressed out about, I don't know what's happening next. And even if it's a remedial lesson that your students have already done, at least you're prepared. And no one's feeling like this is crisis-based teaching. You're teaching because you have purpose. That is great to leave them with. So thank you so much, Jessica, for being here today. We appreciate all of your research and knowledge. Thank that you, you so much. Thank you, ladies. Have a wonderful day.